Share Care, helping you find experts, the top minds in health and medicine. It's Share Care Radio with Dr. Daria Long Gillespie on RadioMD.com. Hi, it's Dr. Daria. Welcome to Share Care Radio. Did you hear any health news in the last month? Because if you did, you probably also heard some health myths. And as a physician, it's so important that we break those down. So we have a new segment this today that we're starting. And to help me with it, I have the co-creator of the Real Age Test. He's chief wellness officer at the Cleveland Clinic, has his own shows on Radio MD on Saturdays, 3 to 5, and you've probably seen him on the Dr. Oz show regularly. He's Dr. Mike Royzen. Dr. Mike, thanks so much for joining us. Dr. Dari, it's a privilege. Thank you. Now, I want to know, are you walking on your treadmill desk as we speak? No, I decided to do this from a landline sitting down at my desk. So okay. I, I normally do I normally do a lot of interviews from uh, walking on the treadmill, but I, uh, this is special. So this is our first time together. <laughs> so I wanted to do it perfectly. Wonderful. We are so glad. And next time we'll both get on some treadmills and we'll do it that way. So let's just dive in because I love some of these topics we're going to be discussing. Number one is about middle-aged white males dying too quickly. Tell me about this. What do people need to know? So two and a half, instead of going down in the death rate, which is what happens with all of us as we've progressed over the decades, that is, Mm -hmm. there's a wonderful happening in America we're living longer and we're living with less disability, except for one group. And that is middle-aged, undereducated white Americans are dying at a higher rate than they did in 1990. Um, Everybody else is dying at a less rate. And the rate goes down about two-tenths of a percent per year. They've been mm-hmm. increasing about two-tenths of a percent per year. And you say, well, that's not very much. It's it's actually 500,000 people more than yeah. should have died have died. That's that's half a million. It's 10 right, times. Right, when you think of a huge population in the U.S. Right. It, it, it's, if you will, um, 50 times as many as have died in the Ebola um, crisis, if you will. So this is a huge mm-hmm. number. And there are five reasons. One. The opioid epidemic has spread to this group. That is, the leading increase is in 45- to 64-year-old people. Um, It's increased 11-fold, and the people who are trying it for the first time these days are white, middle-aged men. Second is alcohol You're right. The opioid epidemic is something we're seeing in the ER as well. such a huge issue. Okay. Um, another one you're seeing in the, the ne- all of these you're probably seeing in the ER, alcohol poisoning mm-hmm. and suicides. Mm-hmm. So these two are increasing greatly in this group. And when you look at the reason, it's two things. One is the breakdown of the American dream. They don't have stable jobs anymore, this uneducated group, if you will. And their family support networks have broken down. So what do we do? How can we address this? Of course, economically, that's one thing. And but how do we reverse this trend? Um, the only way we reverse this trend is through dealing with those two major issues, the end of the American dream and developing mm-hmm. family support networks, keeping the family support network. And then addiction is a problem, whether it's alcohol or heroin, that we've all got to be involved in helping yeah. people recover from. Um, okay. And in fact, there's the the Night of Recovery 
coming up this week. Okay. What, how, can, how can people find out more about the Net of Recovery? You know, um, it's on ShareCare. It's on Dr. Oz. So if you go to the DrOz.com and look at the Night of Recovery, Check it out. I think it is okay. um, tomorrow Wonderful. night. But I, I am unclear. We will double check. We'll tonight. double check and I'll tweet out about it so our listeners can find out about that. And that's, of course, at Dr. Daria. So that's great to know because even with the best medicine that we have with addiction and opioids and alcohol, that can reverse the trends of all the life-saving things that we're doing. So thank you for bringing that up. Now, the next one is about sugar. This is always in the conversation, and we're always hearing sugar, glucose, fructose. What, you know, what's the latest on what, our, what we should be eating? Well, we shouldn't be eating either, but the, the neat thing about this, <laughs> if you will, the, the difference between sugar and high-fructose corn syrup is going to be defi- defined by jurors. That is, the jurors. sugar industry... And the high-fructose corn syrup producers are fighting it out in court, each claiming their product is um, better and that the other one has damaged it. So the high-fructose corn syrup producers have falsely claimed that their product is just as healthy as sugar, claims the sugar producers. And mm-hmm. so the two are Big Sugar is seeking $1.5 billion in damages. Big Corn Syrup is seeking $530 million from Big wow. Sugar. The basic like a Judge messages, Judy for the sugar industry. The basic message is you don't want either. So okay. both high fructose, if you see one of the first five product, first five things on the ingredient on anything you're about to buy is a sugar meaning it's often dextrose or or sucrose, it's got an OSE, or if it is high fructose corn syrup or corn sugar or something like that, corn extract, just avoid it. Mm -hmm. Because in the first five, you don't want a high dose of sugar. Okay. Good to know. So no matter what it is, it's, it's not that one is necessarily safer or okay. Avoid it. You don't want it in the top five ingredients. That's both good are, to know. Both we... damage your protein. What, mm-hmm. what happens is they damage your proteins, both of them, by attaching to them. So, for example, hemoglobin mm-hmm. A1C is just the hemoglobin with a glucose attached to it, yeah. and that hemoglobin doesn't release oxygen normally. That's why we monitor it, and, and its abnormality is why we monitor it in diabetes because it goes up the higher your blood sugar level. And that extra glucose on there just keeps the cells from functioning the way that they're supposed to, like you mentioned with that hemoglobin. Correct. So Good to know. I will look for the top five ingredients and make sure they don't have high fructose corn syrup, anything ending in oats or corn sugar. So I know that when I go to the grocery store next time. Now, speaking of gaining weight, it's kind of a different thing. There was something recently on antibiotics making our children gain weight. What do parents need to know? Right. This was a study of 142,000 kids who went from ages 3 to 18. And the more Mm -hmm. often they got antibiotics as children, that is, when they got um, Mm -hmm. seven or more doses of antibiotics, that was associated with about a three-pound weight gain. And each dose of of antibiotics, sorry, each dose of antibiotics after the seven was associated with another three pounds of weight gain. So what it was is the the mechanism isn't clear, but mm-hmm. if your kid doesn't need an antibiotic, that is don't just get an antibiotic because you think he's got right. an ear infection, make sure it's a bacterial infection, and don't push the doctor to prescribe an antibiotic when none is needed. So that's Which I know as a physician, I, you definitely feel that 
pressure. Of course, as a parent, you want to be able to figure out and take care of your child, but you're right. Now, did it mean that the antibiotic really led to the weight gain, or was there something else about the kids who were at higher risk of weight gain that made them need the antibiotics more? Um, We don't know the answer to that. Um, Hmm. All we know Mm -hmm. is that it was associated with it, and, you know, it could be that the... um, The child had some underlying problem, but what we think it did was it changes the intestinal bacteria in a way that promotes weight gain. So the message for for moms, if your kids do need the antibiotic, make sure they get a probiotic after the antibiotic. Okay, I love that, and that's a great message. So the key messages are you don't want to take the antibiotic if you don't need them. They're great tool and resource if you do, but if your child does need them, take a probiotic, which you can just buy over the counter or ask your pharmacist and take the full course, of course. Absolutely. Okay. Dr. Mike, thank you so much. I, as a mom, I'm going to take that and get a probiotic next time my little girl needs antibiotics. Knock on wood, it's going to be months. But again, thank you for helping us break down some of the top myths. Again, for all of our listeners, you can find Dr. Mike on Twitter at Dr. Mike Roizen. You can check out his radio show and his book, which is You, the Owner's Manual. This is Dr. Daria, and you're listening to Share Care Radio on Radio MD. Tweet me with your thoughts and biggest health concerns at Dr. Daria. Thanks for listening, and stay well. 